And welcome back. You're tuned in to the HBCU Nation radio show, and I'm your host, Anthony Ray. So glad to have you join the broadcast today. You know, despite their past successes and historical importance, HBCUs are at a crossroads right now. In 1992, the Supreme Court instructed states to find educational justification for the existence of HBCUs or to integrate them. The ruling had an adverse effect on many HBCUs. Most HBCUs experienced deadlines, or I should say declines in enrollment, attributing to funding declines and financial challenges. Some say that the U.S. Supreme Court called for an educational justification is related to the absence of convincing evidence on the causes and consequences of attending an HBCU for Blacks. Joining us to discuss that and more is Courtney S. V. Rutledge, Adjunct Professor of Communication Studies, founder of Resilient 105, the Black Academy, a HBCU legacy movement that will culminate through a 10-part film documentary series that captures HBCU history, culture, and tradition. Courtney Rutledge, founder of Resilient 105, the Black Academy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mr. Ray. Absolutely. Resilient 105, the Black Academy. It sounds exciting. Please tell us more. How did you come up with this incredible idea? Well, Mr. Ray, I am uh, what I like to consider myself HBCU royalty as a product of historical black colleges. Um, I am a former Miss Jackson State University 2007. Um, and in pursuing my personal academic goals, um, something that has always held true has been my love for and my respect for the community of the historically black college. Um, so as I began my professorship, um, returning back to my alma mater, um, I started to look at what it meant for um, the HBCU community to know that we have to consistently look back in order to press forward. Um, and as I thought about that more and more and began my PhD research, I said, you know what, if there's one word that absolutely defines the HBCU culture and our existence, it's resilient. Um, collectively, we are the Resilient 105, the longest-running black businesses um, in the United States, and we are the Black Academy collectively. I love that. What an incredible uh, idea. And you bring it all together so wonderfully. If you would, just take a, a moment and kind of just give us some perspective, you know, historically, for those who are listening uh, take us back, if you will, back during Reconstruction, how things got started and the land-grant institutions. Just reflect a moment, if you would, historically and put things in perspective for us. I would love to, absolutely. So the conceptual framework of everything that we're doing relies heavily on um, our existence as a historically black colleges and what that means um, to our existence. So historically black colleges, absolutely. Um, the majority of us can trace our existence back to the Second Memorial Act, which was passed in 1890. Um, and that same what was allowed in us. Um, 19 historical black colleges were able to open the doors 
Um, the Memorial Act allowed for the creation of two-tier land-grant systems um, that really allowed for southern bordering states to create historically black colleges that were founded principally to gain access to federal funds and develop um, our own institutions. And with that, from the uh, Memorial Act all the way up to Plessy versus Ferguson, to U.S. versus Fordyce, and even to um, certain provisions in the Higher Education Act, um, we have historically black colleges, but we have our 19 mother institutions. Um, and the question now is how do we continue to justify our existence? Awesome. In your research, you make reference to the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling in 1992, the U.S. versus Fordyce case, where the court instructed state legislatures to find educa educational justification for the existence right. of HBCUs or integrate them. Take a few moments, if you would, to uh, speak to that, uh, if you will, in regards to the impact that ruling has had on HBCUs. Oh, absolutely. Um, the impact of the 1992 uh, Supreme Court case absolutely did instruct its state legislatures to find, again, educational justification for the existence of historical black colleges. If we could not justify them, the only solution was given to integrate them, which would absolutely completely alter um, our mission as historical black colleges. And so, as you said before, some of those uh, universities experienced enrollment declines. Others produced um, some increases in the fraction of non-black students. Um, and others from that have been just caught in the headlights having to say, well, you know what? If we are ever caught again having to continually justify our existence, what would we do? Um, and because of that, Resilient 105 wants to always be able to answer that question for every um, one of us 105 historical black colleges. So based on that future reasoning, how can we actively and consistently justify the need for our existence? Um, and, you know, we have to act as drum majors for black intellect. Um, because we have to boast of the, the best and the brightest of our academies. Um, by producing recruitment and retention elements, it is our hope through Resilient 105 that we can continue to produce um, products to every quarter who are going out into historical black colleges um, and forging forward in our mission to always, always be able to, at every time, um, create a brain trust of individuals who are holding up the banner for HBCUs that will hopefully absolutely justify um, our significance and our rightful place. Mm -hmm. Take a moment to kind of address, uh, if you will, some of the unintended consequences that you see it of the U.S. Uh, versus Fordyce case. Absolutely. So some of the unintended consequences was absolutely that, the educational justification. Um, and because of those consequences, um, you know, when I speak of social justice and, and when we speak of resilience through activism, um, it, it's absolutely knowing that um, there has to be parity in higher education. There has to be equality in higher education. Mm -hmm. And out of the collective um, acts of, you know, the Supreme Court case, uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, Brown versus the Board of Education, um, and then provisions in the 1965 Higher Education Act. The, the central theme is parity in higher education. 
um, and the unintended consequences kind of sit back to historical black colleges um, who were fortunate to have those litigators of the NAACP to even bring about this case, saying that, you know what, um, we have to be historically operated, and at that time, racially segregated, there were dual systems of higher education. Um, the thought in education as a whole for African Americans has always been um, almost an unintended consequence for us to be educated um, at the forefront. So we see it as a privilege, one, um, to be able to attend institutions who are still in existence um, and still are ran and governed um, by a society that really um, causes us to not only fight for education, but fight for our social, our political, um, our civil rights and obediences. And because of that, we have institutions who have who held at the forefront, and we have to keep doing that um, no matter what's placed in front of us because, again, unintended consequences, it wasn't intentional that, that blacks could be at all educated um, within our United States to begin with. If you're just joining us, you're tuned into the HBC Nation radio show. I'm your host, Anthony Ray. And, you know, despite their past successes and historical importance, HBCUs are at a crossroads today. In 1992, the Supreme Court instructed states to find educational justification for the existence of HBCUs or integrate them. The ruling had an adverse effect on many HBCUs, and most HBCUs experienced declines in enrollment, attributing to funding declines and financial challenges. Some say that the U.S. Supreme Court call for an educational justification is related to the absence of convincing evidence on the causes and consequences of attending an HBCU for some black students. Joining us to discuss that and much more is Courtney S.V. Rutledge, adjunct professor of communication studies and founder of Resilient 105, the Black Academy, an HBCU legacy movement that will culminate through a 10-part film documentary series that captures HBCU history, culture, and tradition. Again, Courtney Rutledge, founder of Resilient 105, the Black Academy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mr. Ray. Absolutely, and I'm enjoying this conversation that we're having. And what an incredible, ambitious um, project you have launched. Let's discuss exactly uh, how you're going to move forward with this. Sounds like you, you're going to go on tour coming up um, this year in the fall um, and, and, and actually begin to hit the campuses and, and uh, have the opportunity to engage uh, administrators and faculty and staff and students. Take a moment to kind of talk about that, your, your strategy and what you hope to be able to get done. Absolutely. So our goal is to um, absolutely hit the campgrounds on doing work um, that will go out into the campus communities and then our communities surrounding campuses to bring the best and brightest of black scholars to the doors of these universities. Um, and so by taking a 10 panel staff of um, former HBC student leaders, um, former HBC student athletes, um, student government association, um, placeholders, 
by taking some of us and allowing us to kind of be the drum majors for our historically black colleges, hopefully we will go to these universities and be invited to um, community panels and more of our historically black colleges to be the faces or kind of the collective brain trust of our historical black colleges going about and saying, hey, this is what it's going to take to get from our academy to the PhD. And hopefully we can act as midwife mentors who are able to guide these students through, um, let them know what is coming after the historical black college, but also instilling in them that, you know, the historical black college is not a destination. It's really a lifetime commitment and it's a way of life. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. So, uh, where are you going to begin this, um, and, and uh, what, what 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 campuses? You know, the first two, three, or four that you're going to be actually have an opportunity to uh, uh, attend to start the um, documentary. Absolutely. So, um, because of a lot of the work that is going on this year, we want to give. Um, we want to defer to our 1890 founding institutions. So, of course, there are 19 universities um, that came out of uh, the, the Memorial Act, um, as we previously discussed. And those 19 institutions are our mother institutions of historical black colleges. We want to give deference to them first and begin with those universities because some of them um, are private universities. And because of that, our 1890 institutions, our mother institutions, need to see that um, we are solidifying and, and we want to continue them and we want them to exist, you know, forever. Um, so because of that, uh, there is work this year that the USDA is doing uh, with the National Scholars Program, and that is to draw more students to attend the 19 of our 1890 institutions, particularly in the areas of agriculture, food services, and natural uh, resource sciences and other disciplines. We want to begin with honoring our 1890 institutions. I hope that our scholar panels will work um, together um, as midwives, as I said, to prepare these students who are currently there, to bring more students to their doors, um, and to absolutely pay deference to our mother institutions because, you know, we believe that, you know, if one of them can go, all of us can go. So we have to absolutely do what we can as the collective 105 um, to make sure that we survive. Wow, that is so awesome. Courtney Rutledge, founder of Resilient 105, the Black Academy. Thanks a lot for taking time to share with us today. What an ambitious project. Looking forward to hearing more about great things you're doing with it. How can folk find out more about what you're doing? You can absolutely find more about Resilient 105. Uh, first, through Facebook, we are Resilient 105. Um, you can find me absolutely on Instagram and Twitter as, again, Resilient 105. Um, and within the next week, actually, uh, the first week of March, we'll kick off our, uh, our search. We are looking for our best and our brightest of institutions. So we would like to begin by looking for um, 10 current historical black college queens, 10 current historical black college student government associations who are willing to work with us and provide uh, programming and social service platforms to the universities. Um, and so please look for us on social media platforms. I can also be contacted at Courtney.Rutledge at gmail.com. And again, we are Resilient 105. Awesome. Courtney Rutledge, founder of Resilient 105, the Black Academy. 
wish you the very best and looking forward to continuing our conversation very soon. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. Bye-bye.